Hello everyone, welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 128, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. Joining me as always, the crew, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What is up, Richard? Hey guys, what's going on? Hey, Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator for Magic the Gathering. Seth, how's it going? How's it going, guys? It's going well. Uh, Chaz, joining you as always, uh, all-around content creator focusing on the financial aspect. So, uh, for this week, not as crazy as usual. I know uh, I usually use that term a lot, but um, pretty low-key docket for this week. We got a ton of stuff to talk about for Hour of Devastation, specific cards. Um, Just wanted to talk about an overall, just an overarching, what we've seen so far in terms of aftermath, but... uh, a few specific cards to to talk about as well, and Fishmail. So, from last week, we got some really interesting spoiler cards, um, so let's just talk about them. Uh, we'll go individually, and then the overall kind of discussion there. So, take it away, Richard. Alright, so we got the final two gods, uh, Scarab God and Locust God. So, Scarab God, three blue and a black, legendary creature, God, 5-5. Five, five. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses X life, and you scry X, where X is the number of zombies you control. Two, blue and a black, exile, target creature card from a graveyard, create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a 4-4 black zombie. When the Scarab God dies, return it to your hand uh, at the beginning of the next end step. Sweet. Uh, I did not expect it to be, like, zombie-centered, and... Obviously, I mean, when they revealed the Scorpion God, we were going to get the other gods that are Bolas's colors, so I guess it makes sense. Blue-black, I mean, short of Commander, which is, like, completely awesome, I think this could, you know, see... I mean, Zombies is kind of mid-rangey enough that this could insert one of these as, like, a top end, and, I mean, if this really gets going, I mean, it's pretty hard to stop, and the game's going to end pretty quickly. But again, bearing like, castaway, like, removal, that kind of removal. Um, I do really like this a lot. Yeah, I think this might be my pick for the most powerful of the gods, but I also think that you don't play in a zombie deck. I can't I can't really see that it's worth splashing blue for a 5-drop. Like, we have, what is it, Gisa and Giralf in the format, which is a pretty powerful, expensive blue-black zombie card, and it's just never been good enough. I'm mostly excited for it is just, like, this... Uh, self-sustaining finisher like even if you're not getting awesome things from the graveyard just being able to pay for and get a four four by exiling something from any graveyard so you can get your opponent stuff that you kill too and then you slowly build up a board of zombies and even if you're just like scrying one each turn that's like fast god of the sea which was very strong and standard so that's how i see this card is more of like a good value finisher mid-range threat in a deck that doesn't really care about zombies and you get the zombie from its pseudo eternalize ability yeah i think it's good enough to play by itself i i don't know that you would use it as a control finisher or something it seems not good enough but in a mid-rangey deck but blue and black are not typically mid-range colors in standard but if zombies go a bit bigger this could be pretty good because there are some board states you can't get through uh you know your zombies can chump block for days but they can't attack profitably, and Scarab God kind of lets, lets you chip away and kill them uh, on top of generating value with the pseudo-eternalize there. Uh, it beats Ensnaring Bridge, 
Like, if there's a snaring <laughs> bridge type effect, like, you're good to go. So, I can see its uses in cases where you don't want to go into combat. And its, its ability is pretty strong. The only downside is it's not a zombie. Uh, EDH players can lament. <laughs> it doesn't pump itself, but uh, it's brutal in EDH because it drains everyone. Uh, everyone at the table uh, for life. And you get to keep making zombies out of everyone's graveyard, right? And not just zombies, like copies of... You get to basically reanimate, except it's a 4-4 black zombie. So this this card is bonkers in EDH, and I can see it replacing Jisun Jaralf as the commander in some, some blue-black zombie too. decks. Uh, you know, and I sent this out. We talked about the Scorpion God, and obviously we're about to talk about... You know, we talked about this one and the, and the next one. I think it's like we really need to emphasize how awesome they are for commander and... You know, while that's obvious, they really are that good, and uh, you know, generating a lot of hype, which they should. And I totally agree with you, Richard. I, I think this could pass uh, Gisun Jarolf too. I mean, you're absolutely right. It it hits every player, and you just get that kind of grindy. You know, you get past these weird board states that normally, like Gisun Jarolf or even any other card, rather. Uh, can't really get past, and it's just continually sitting there. I understand it's not a zombie. I do think it it should have some synergy with zombies and not just its own ability. Like, not utilizing that first ability um, with any kind of other zombie in your in your deck, I think is kind of not optimal. I mean, for commander, you don't even need zo- like just reanimation. Oh yeah, that's Reanim- like a free reanimation for four mana. <laughs> like, will win you the game. You can just take everyone's creatures. So that that's pretty crazy on its own. Uh, all right, next next god, the Locust God, four blue red legendary creature god, flying four four. When you draw a card, create a one one blue and red insect creature token with flying and haste. Two blue red, draw a card, then discard a card. When the Locust God dies, return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. This has got to be, like, the sweetest god for Commander. There's just so many cool things you can do with the Locust God. It's so sweet with wheel effects. You can potentially, I believe, go infinite with it if you have, like, a Beck Call type effect where you draw whenever a creature enters the battlefield. Uh, You just cast something that draws a card and you start a loop where you just draw your entire deck, basically, and make a million uh, 1-1 insect tokens. So I really love this card. I think it's gonna be overshadowed in standard by torrential gear hulk which is i think what it's competing for if you if you want to play this it's got to be like a blue red control type deck where you have pull from tomorrow you have glimmer of genius and stuff and i just can't imagine that this beats out torrential in that deck or that you can play more than four or six drops in that deck so i think that's my concern for standard but it seems like a huge hit for commander probably my favorite god for commander yeah, I, I agree, and that is the huge concern for Standard, and Torrential Gear Hulk and this card are going to be together for a long while. Maybe there's some sort of split, but I'm just not seeing why you would play this over Torrential Gear Hulk like 9 out of 10 times. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's really sweet. I, okay, just an aside, I, I, I don't see Blue Red and Locust. Like, I'm just not seeing it, I'm sorry. This needed to be like green or something like that. I'm, and this is not just bias. This is not wow. just bias. But I just don't see blue, red, and locust. Like I just, 
I, I'm not seeing it. And they what, have haste, Chaz. Haste. <laughs> and they fly. That's blue. And, and Richard, you have to weigh in on apparently this is out there that it's like a flavor fail that in the story the locust god destroys the barrier of the Hecma, but the locust can't actually break past the actual card. So you have to weigh in on that. <laughs> I have no idea what's <laughs> happening with the story. I'll believe you if you say it's a flavor <laughs> fail. <laughs> it is a generic is it card that they just slapped a locust card on there, but I don't know. It's not. I don't know. I'm not going to complain about this one. I'll pick my battles. This one gets a pass. Okay, but <laughs> this, I don't know. The, the locust god is a very cool ability, but I don't think it's standard playable. Uh, unless you can somehow draw cards to enters the battlefield, it's going to come in as a six drop and die immediately without doing, you know, even if you untap with it, like you just made like two one ones. It's not like something crazy happened, right? So it, it needs to survive for quite a while to generate advantage. So I don't really like it for standard. Uh, EDH, uh, if you go, if you have Beck Call, do you just deck yourself and die? I it's, think uh, you do. It's not a May, right? You just loop it's, and <laughs> deck yourself, No, it's right? not a May. So it's a Lab Maniac kill? Is that what it is now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or there's like other, what's the six drop green thing that's in all the welcome decks? I think there are effects. Maybe Beck Call wasn't the best answer. What? But I what's think there it? are, whenever you a creature do, like, enters the battlefield, you draw a card. Stuff. Yeah, I'm just waiting for Perforos or something, Locust God, Ooh. Wheel. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. You could do like yeah. Some some really interesting stuff. But you could do that with a lot of the wheel like effect commanders, no? I mean, I th- this is just yeah. like the newest in the line of streamlined. I mean, Le- Le- I mean, I guess if you don't wanna you know, annoy everyone with Leovold, you just put in the <laughs> Locust God. <laughs> <laughs> Fair I mean, enough. You, you have haste, so you can't even like, give everyone a turn to deal with your board, right? You can just go yeah. off and kill everyone still with haste. Uh, Alright. Let's move on to Chaz's favorite card, probably. It's a green card. <laughs> Uncaged <laughs> Menagerie. X green green sorcery. It's a mythic. Search your library for up to X creature cards with different names that each have converted mana cost X, reveal them, put them in your hand, then shuffle your library. So between me and Seth, and like 500 comments telling us how each one of us is wrong about a certain aspect of this card, we got there. So just throwing that out there. You can't get Walking Ballista. You can't get Walking Ballista, but you can also get some other stuff that I think we both read it wrong. Wait, you you can't get Walking Ballista? No, okay, you so can't basically, get yeah, you can't use it zero, right? You get yeah, zero creature right. cards, right? Right. If you cast but it for, for two three, mana, you get so, nothing. So, right. so if X is one, you get one one, one drop. One if drop. X is two, right. you get two two drops, but they have to be unique. And then yes. if X is three, you get three three drops, unique, yeah. etc. Right? Okay. Now, th- to me, this is not a four of bonafide staple, but this could be like a fair collected company. I mean, you do get the two cards; they don't go into play. And I understand, like, fair collected company is not going to be, like, amazing any, you know, any people out there. But I think for five mana, in standard, that's not, like, out of the realm of possibility. You can go grab Ronas, Tireless Tracker, Rishkar, like, a lot of different nice creatures. And it doesn't exile from your graveyard, so you could potentially get it back. I think this is, like, it could easily be a one or two of in, like, those grindy mid-range, like, BG counter decks. Am I, like, not the... I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not totally out there on this. 
Okay, so I I actually agree with that. I think this card is... I think it bothers me because I feel like people are vastly overrating it. I got so many tweets of like, oh, I can get the Vizier-Druid combo. And I'm like, well, just cast a Collected Company and put it on the battlefield and win. Or just use a Court of Calling and like put it on the battlefield and win. I don't know why you would ever use this when you have Collected Company or Court of Calling available in the format. But I do agree that it could be like a one-of-value card. Drawing three creatures for five mana isn't that bad. You can play it in Commander, and it's probably even sweeter because you can get a bunch of, I don't know, Titans or something at six mana. There's, like, cool stuff you can get. So I think it can see potentially fringe standard play, but I don't think this is... It's not Collected Company, it's not Court of Calling, it's not an effect that you can really build a deck around, but you can play it like a weird Harmonize to generate card advantage in, like, grindy matchups, potentially. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised this was a debate, because I thought the card was really bad. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what you would Why? do with this. Like, you have weird deck-building restrictions, and even in the dream case, you know, at five mana, you get three cards... You have to have three three drops with different names, which is already pretty bad, right? Because usually you don't have that many three drops in your deck. And, you know, you want to play four of the good ones. So you have, like, kind of like the birthing pod problem where you, you have deck building restrictions, except these deck building restrictions inherently mess with your mana curve, right? If you want to cast this for, say, five in commander, you need to have five five drops. Or, you know, seven, you need to have seven seven. Like, what, you know, like, that your deck is going to be, like, totally messed up from that. So, like, I don't know. Like, for two mana, it's a four mana draw two. It's a four mana divination. Like, I mean, I guess but you you're, don't just you're, draw you're two random cards. Like, you're, you're yeah. tutoring, right? But, I don't know. Outside of, like, a very specific combo, like, I, I can't see this as, like, a value card, like, Collected Company. Or, you know, I'd rather play Chord or something like that. Uh, I can't see it being used in Standard. Like, it needs to have something, you know, very... Very specific. Like, for example, you're playing a combo deck and you need tutors for one drops or something. You just play this as a three-mana tutor or something, right? Um, but I don't know. It's it's just weird. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't scream to me like value or very good, but you might have some weird combo-y usage for it because it is a tutor, and tutors are very good in standard if, you know, you have a purpose for them. I was pushing for only standard, and, and you're right. Like, it's not going to pay... It's going to pay in comparison to instant cards like Collected Company and and Court of Calling. If those are in the format, you don't play this. But I think the only place it can be really is standard and like EDH purposes obviously. I don't think it's much of a restriction as we think and again it doesn't get exiled so maybe somewhere down the line we get something that can bring cre- you know spells back. Maybe we're already, there is one and I'm not, just not thinking about it right now. No, <laughs> like an Eternal Witness, witness. yeah, kind of thing. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's outside, you know, I don't think that's, like, totally crazy. Green Warden of Marasa, you, just, you have to play five <laughs> yeah. other six drops in your oh, deck, yeah. you make eight mana, get them all. I think, I will say about this card, it's, I think Wizards did a great job with the Mythics we've seen so far. One of the things I like to do is criticize Wizards for making Mythics that I don't think should be with it, Mythics, but... 
Apart from this card, which I cannot wrap my head around why this sorcery speed, worse than Collected Company and Court of Calling, is mythic if those cards are rare, uh, every other mythic feels really mythic to me. So overall, I think, great job with the mythics, but what's the justification for this being a mythic? This is feels there very one? mythic. You read it, you're like, what does this do? You read it again, you're like, really? <laughs> and then you read it one more time, and you're like, okay. And it's like because the only the card that does it, right? That's mythic right. to me. Yeah. It, okay. It's very yeah, unique, okay. right? I just don't want to cast it out because we overlooked Seasons Pass. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing my card in the hat and saying, maybe let's not sleep on this entirely. That's all. <sighs> well, I just like the pass. inclination. But Seasons Pass was like an engine. This could be part of well, something. It's, I don't know. It's only an, it was only an engine when Finkel played yeah. it. When anyone, yeah. Whenever anyone else tried it, they won <laughs> <Hey>. 130% <laughs> of the time. If that happens one time, then I, maybe I would be right one time. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, All right, next card. Yeah. Uh, nimble Obstructionist. Two blue, bird wizard, three one, flash flying. Cycle for two in a blue. When you cycle Nimble Obstructionist, counter target activated or triggered ability you don't control. This is pretty solid, right? I mean, I love options. You get a cycle that, I mean, at worst you draw a card and stifle something. Sucks that you're not going to be able to stifle their Marvel anymore, but, you know, we'll just sweep that under the rug. <laughs> Sorry, Seth. <laughs> they, they did it just day late, dollar short, right? Uh, um, it wouldn't have mattered. We still would be losing to Marvel. Uh, I mean, this I, could do some things. But, yeah, I just like the, the, dual out, you know, the dual option of a 3-1 flash flying or a stifle draw card. Like, it's not crazy, but it's not, I think it's a very solid rare. So I I like this card. I actually like it more for modern than for standard. We've seen three one flyers, especially flash ones. But in modern, you have like Vendillion Click. We have Flicker Wisp. We have even Mind Sensor, even though it's not a three one, but close enough. We have these weird three mana flash flyers that see a lot of play and are very strong in the format. This one isn't legendary, so you don't have that Vendillion click problem. It might not have as much of an upside as the other cards I just listed off, but I think this is modern playable and pretty pretty competitively costed. Like, the stats are really good, it's a fast clock, and I think it's going to be very strong. I disagree. Like, it has to push out another blue card, and, like, are you going to play this over Vendillion click? Like, how important is a three-mana stifle that draws a card in modern? Uh, and it dies to Lingering it's... Souls. Like, there, there's just too much <laughs> oh. stuff, it, like, competing with it. Like, if Vendillion Click didn't exist, maybe if people were marveling in modern, like, that stifle might help you. But, I mean, you stifle a Planeswalker activation. But, like, is that really worth it for three mana and a card? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you well, would you... replace. Like, wh- where would this slot in? What deck? You do get the yeah, card I'm struggling back, to find. I'm struggling to see how this... Like, how does this rank up against... I know you, you mentioned that in your kind of... Your statement there, but... I just... I'm with Richard here. I don't see it overthrowing any of those other creatures. And, like, even Mind Sensor already is pretty fringe. Like, if you're, if you're arguing fringe... Most... A lot of, like, cards, I guess, could be fringe uh, these days. But... Uh, I mean, so here's what I think. I think that this could make... Or be part of a 
like a blue white flash control deck. So the thing is, I think it works well with those cards. If you have Spell Queller, you have Vendillion Click, you have this thing, you maybe have Mind Sensor, some counter spells, instant speed removal. Your opponent's never going to know what to play around. You just pass with your mana up every turn, counter their stuff, mind censor them if they try to tutor, stifle their fetch land. Like, you have so much flexibility, and you still get a pretty good on-curve body at your opponent's end step if you don't have to do that. Or sometimes, with Spell Queller or Click, you get the good body and you're disrupting your opponent. So I think it could fit into... A deck that's built around flash <laughs> evasive creatures. Well, let me let me ask you this: You have more experience probably than Richard and I. You've played that blue white control list. Like, was there ever a time that you would want a card like this? Because that's probably the best like place for this. Or, I guess more flash based. But is there ever a time in that control shell that you would want something like Nimble Obstructionist? I think so. I think that I could imagine. I don't think you're going to necessarily play it as a four of, but I think it's something that I would wouldn't mind having in the deck because stifling is relevant you do get just random free wins if your opponent keeps a land light hand and you can stifle their like third land and they can't play any other stuff so i think there's enough upside that it can show up in modern i don't think it'll be a four of or overtake those other cards but i think it can be played alongside those cards and i think it has enough flexibility that i would i would consider putting it in my deck as like a one or a two of all right i agree you changed my mind. <laughs> I, I like the line of you're on the play, you have three mana open, they play a second land, either they play a fetch, get stifled, and pretty much lose the game right there, or they play something else and you spell queller it, and then the next time they, they want to fetch, you, you stifle. So, yeah, having the ability to stifle on a cycle for three mana is not, not terrible. You did it, Seth. You got you. you I got me. You got me with the land destruction. You got me with yeah. the land destruction. It's always about the land destruction. Oh, so many times, just randomly stifled in modern with like disallow or something. And you're like, why are you playing that? Why did like, I just get I stifled? I lose though, but like, that really sucks. All right, all right. Uh, standard. You can't stifle oh. fetch lands in standard. Is this good? What, what is there to Evolving stifle? Evolving wilds. Well, see. Well, I mean, Marvel's gone. So, I still think it's good enough. I mean, Blue-White Flash is always kind of hovering around, and I think another four-of Flash creature is never not a bad thing. Well, Walking I mean, Ballista is also a thing, so that's, uh, that's problematic yeah, for Walking this card. Yeah, Walking Ballista, yeah. I guess you could stifle. Walkers are the big target. Really? For stifling. I mean, let's, if, if I think about when people play Disallow against me, the only time it's ever not countering a spell is when it, like, stifles my Liliana ultimate or something brutal <laughs> like that. And, I mean, it cycles, so it... I think anything with cycling has weird potential because of cycling theme decks with, like, new perspectives. Yeah, I was thinking about Ithner, that, too. Like, there's some cycling matter stuff that might make this better than it actually is just because a deck cares about yeah, the cycling part. New, new perspectives actually makes it stifle. That's true. For free. So that's interesting. Alright, next card. MTG Goldfish Preview card. Solemnity. Uh, two in a white enchantment. Players can't get counters. Counters can't be put on artifacts, creatures, enchantments, or lands. This thing's nuts. And again, we just have a ton of these answer cards, but all the stuff that they're answering is banned. No, I'm just kidding, but... It, these are the cards like we talked about last week, right? Set that they just need to be in the pool. Uh, 
I think we talked about that on the other cast, but they just need to be there. And these are the, the kinds of cards that, if they existed like six months ago, maybe we wouldn't have had to ban anything at all. And uh, I think it's pertinent that they gave this to you. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, absolutely 100% love this card, and it has sent many ripples into like the Magic uh, card pool already, um, both financially and just hype, like, and just all around in general. Yeah, I so when I was spoiling it, I was very focused on the hate card aspect of it, and I think it's actually very good at that in standard. It really locks down the green-black decks. It also locks down teamer energy decks, so it's relevant against, like, two of the top three or four decks in the format. So I think it's very good as far as being a hate card in standard, but... I was amazed by how many weird random combos there apparently are with this card, dating back to, like, really old things like Cumulative Upkeep, a Decree of Silence, and I don't think any of those things will necessarily be super good outside of, like, Commander and for fun, but there's a lot of weird unintended consequences, and I'm pretty sure Wizards didn't necessarily realize was a thing. Even, like, in Modern, playing this and then playing Phyrexian Unlife, you kind of have a hard lock until your opponent kills one of them. So there's a lot of things going on with this card being a combo piece outside of being just a really good hate card for Standard. Is this good enough for Modern? So is it good enough offensively for Modern? Are people playing, I don't know, Malera combo, but with Solemnity instead? Or, you know, one of these weird combos... And is it good enough as a sideboard card? Would you bring this in against decks trying to do that? Or would you forego it and use, you know, a different type of sideboard card? What is the impact so, of modern for this card? So it's not a very good sideboard card at the moment in modern. Because its main targets, like Infect, isn't super playable right now. It, But it could be very important in the future. It does kind of hate on Affinity and the Ravager kill. It is super good against in fact, if the Vizier Druid combo yep. ever becomes like super good, then this gets much more important. So I don't think I'd play it in my sideboard right now, but I think there very well could be a time where this is, alongside Sony Silence and Rest in Peace, is a card you really gotta have in your sideboard. I do think it's good enough to play it offensively though. Like, we also had like a pseudo humility spoiled today with a, a eight drop. Oh geez, what's the name of it? Do either of you remember? Uh, <laughs> overwhelming splendor. Yeah, overwhelming splendor. Overwhelming and one of the things splendor. I'm really excited about is we have enduring ideal, which has been like a fringe, almost good enough deck. And now with our devastation, not only do we get a humility, which is a great lock piece. But we can tutor up Solemnity plus Frexian on life, which is another great lock. So I think decks will experiment with things like that, kind of mono-white prisons with ghostly prisons and uh, Sphere of Safeties, those type of decks. But I don't think you combo off with it with Kitchen Finks and stuff because you can tutor up your Malyras and your Anafenzas with Court of Calling and Collected Company, and you can't tutor up Solemnity. So I don't think it'll fit there, but I think people will do things with it. I do think it's good enough, and I and I do appreciate the question, Richard, because I, I don't know. I, I feel like when you ask those questions, you always have like this in your pocket, like, well, it actually does this. And I'm I, I was like looking down when this when this actually came out. It it might actually be good, like right now, and it hits a lot of cards that you wouldn't think of like right away, and they're all main cards in main decks, like right now. Like you can't even suspend a Lotus Bloom with this out. 
Wait, there's just all these weird interactions that happen that you don't really think about, and I mean, kind of brought Wait, this up, Seth. Is is that confirmed? I was I mean, under the impression you put it time didn't interact, on it, right? No, no, but, but it's not an it's artifact like creature, enchantment, or land. It's a spell. So I don't think it actually interacts with Does suspend huh? cards. I don't. I don't sucks, think then. so. Okay, just to clarify that, I don't think so. If okay, if then that were, if that were the case, then absolutely yes. But it, it, if, I, it, if it I did interact, it, it would interact it. in a positive way, right? Because you have no counters, and it just comes right. into play. Makes it a black lotus, yeah. or makes greater gargadon come into play for one mana, like a death yeah. shadow yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I still think it's good enough. I mean, for one more mana, it does have like those. You know, even in the matchups where it's not super good, like, it even kind of hits, like, affinity stuff. Like you said, uh, obviously Stony Silence is much more geared towards that, but as a card that can hit a more broad, it can hit more broader decks in the format, I really do like this a lot. Yeah, I'm not I'm not entirely decided. I think Seth is right. It's more offensive because although it does a lot of things, there are cards that hate on the decks you need to hate on, like, much better. Like, for example, against Affinity, you don't really want to play this because you'll probably die to cranial plating anyway. Like, it's really slow. Like, you'd rather Stony Silence or Shatterstorm or something. And, like, against a Malira combo deck, like, you don't want to rely on this because they'll just tutor up a Rexage and kill it and then kill you. So it's, like, the jack-of-all-trades, but I don't know that it's currently good enough. Like, a deck it would be good enough against would be, like, Infect, where you kind of just slap this down and they have a really hard time dealing with it. So, so I don't know. I don't think currently it's useful. Kind of like standard. Like currently, you might not jam this, but you know, if certain decks rise to the top, like you always have this ace in your back pocket, ready to pull out and just randomly hose people. Like, oh, you can't deal with enchantments. Sorry, you can't win anymore. So I, I like this card. I think it has potential to see play in modern, but right now my sideboard's staying the same. I don't think it's changing for Solemnity. Uh, next card, we have... It's a translated card, so we just got it today. We don't know the official name. So the, the unofficial name, uh, Amit Eternal. Tuna Black, 5-5, five, five, Zombie Crocodile Demon. Afflict 3. Uh, when an opponent casts a spell, put a minus one, minus one counter on Amit Eternal. When Amit Eternal deals combat damage to a player, remove all minus one, minus one counters from it. This thing is pretty nuts. I, I don't know... <laughs> Apparently, zombies needs eight access to eight creatures with five power for three man, <laughs> and <laughs> they all synergize really well with each other. So, I, I if we all thought zombies was going anywhere, guess again. Like, I think zombies is definitely something they wanted in the format for quite some time because, wow, uh, if if pushing three man like Phyrexian four eight copies of like Phyrexian negate. Negator with like almost no drawback is not enough. Here you go. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think this sees playing zombies right away. Maybe after rotation, but I think it's actually. I mean, you got Lord of the Accursed, stable okay. three drop. You got Diagraph Colossus, stable three drop. You also have, uh, I can't think of the name of it, the other crocodile that you were talking about. So that's another one competing for that slot. There's so many things in that slot. I think this ranks like fourth in terms of zombie three drops right now. And you can't play 16 three drops and be a be an aggro deck. I'm mostly excited about this card. Not in zombies, 
but with Hapatra. This seems insane with Hapatra, because whenever your opponent casts a spell, it gets a counter, which gives you a Death Touch Snake. So I'm excited for this in a negative one, negative one counter Hapatra Green Black deck, which I think Hapatra has a lot of potential. It's a powerful card, but it didn't have enough support from just Amoncat to really be a deck in standard, but I think now with our Devastation, uh, specifically because of Emma Eternal, but some of the other negative one, negative one counter stuff, we might be able to actually play a sort of like negative one, negative one counter theme deck in standard, which we couldn't do before. So I'm really excited for that aspect of it. And I think it might keep zombies relevant after rotation when you lose Diagraph Colossus. And there was a big question of whether zombies could survive rotation, but it's looking more like they might be able to based on the zombies from our devastation. Yep, I do like the interaction. Hapatch is really strong. You could also just go straight up mono black aggro, which we've seen to some ex- success, like in in Star City opens and stuff like that. Like, there's always it's always good to have eight Phyrexian negators in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I'm mixed on this. Like, I think if you can make use of its synergies, like its zombie synergies, somehow make use of afflict. I don't. Afflict, I don't know how, or make you some minus one, minus one counters. It's pretty good. Three mana, five, five, vanilla beater. I don't know that it's good enough because most likely it's a three mana, four, four. Because, you know, they're going to play a spell immediately. And I don't think that's good enough to see you play most decks. Like, you need a lot more value out of your three drops. But if you can somehow take advantage of synergies, uh, Hapatra is a crazy combo. Uh, I don't know what else... Uh, you could do maybe somehow like sacrifice it with his five power for something, you know, kind of like desecration Fling. demon or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Fling it. Fling. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, if five they're gonna, mana if deal they're five damage remo- just for a rat, two cards. <laughs> if yeah. they're gonna use a removal spell, then they were gonna use a removal spell anyway, and the minus one minus one counter doesn't matter. I think the, the like it's it's an interesting thing with a flick too. I didn't really care for a flick, but sometimes when I mean when they're on creatures like this. I mean, so you get lightning bolted anyway, even if you block. And that's, like, the kind of cards that need Afflict on them. Because I haven't been really impressed with Afflict so far. But, I mean, this is... Yeah. I don't know. Because if the opponent I, I just, plays really three spells, it becomes a 2-2. Two, two, you're like, wow. But then you hit them. Either it comes back a 5-5, five, five, or you deal three damage with Afflict. So you're like, okay, I guess I got something out of it. So it does right. mitigate the downside uh, of it a bit by having Afflict. I think people will be surprised at how bad it plays as a standalone threat. Like, you play it, it's going to immediately be a 4-4 or a 3-3, and it very likely could just die the next turn when your opponent plays a couple more spells, like, just to its own ability. So I think... I'm not a huge fan of it. It's just, oh, I play this because it's big at three mana. I think I kind of agree with what Richard was saying. I think you really need the synergies for it to to really be playable in standard, I think. Yeah, like a, a three mana four four vanilla is like not even playable, and three mana five five like maybe playable, but there are like real downsides to the card. So I don't know. It's a mixed bag. We'll see what what decks come out, and uh, maybe there is a home for this. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of just left by the wayside as well. Any other cards we want to talk about? We want to touch on aftermath. Uh, this time around, we. We have much more aggressively costed Aftermath cards. Uh, Refuse, Cooperate, was spoiled today. Uh, Reason to Believe. Uh, What do you guys think of Aftermath? Do you like them this time around? Because last time around, 
they're kind of expensive. We don't we barely see any play in standard, and if we do, if they do see play, it's usually for only one half of the card. Yeah, um, they actually still worked out in in limited and stuff, but I do agree. Yeah, this time around, I mean, they were super pushed, and I think they did for aftermath. Like they made eternalize their super like overcosted ability this time, and we're like, all right, let's just make a bunch of really sweet aftermath cards. I mean, Driven to Despair, they're all really good just because they're not, like, 500 mana this time. And I, and I think that's, like, <laughs> no, because it really uh, ended up, I mean, Speaking Seth's of unglued, I want 500 mana cards. <laughs> just, like, literally 500 <laughs> is the mana cost. But, okay, go ahead, Jazz. Yeah, I mean, Seth really did make a great point. And, you know, there were some viable Aftermath cards in Amonkhet. We're not discounting that. But this time, like, the, the biggest gripe, and it turned out to be true, was that they were just too much mana half the time. And this time around, not only I feel like they're better, like, they're better design in terms of design, where they play off each other's sides more, they're just still very competitively costed. So even if you do only need one side of it, it there's still a lower cost to be able to, you know, consider in deck building. I mean... Good for standard, questionable for limited, <laughs> because aftermath cards were really good in limited, and now they're even better. So, uh, I'm interested to see what it does for limited balance and like how swingy or bomby decks get when they pick up, you know, these aggressively costed aftermath cards. I yeah, I think that's true. Although looking over the list, a lot of the abilities aren't necessarily that good for limited like the old ones you had like sweepers you had removal spells things that made creatures it seems like a lot of these aftermath cards aren't as powerful on their face for limited especially their back half some of them are just like not really that powerful at all so i think maybe that equals it out so i feel like the original batch was probably better for limited, but this batch is way better for constructed, but the the abilities the cards have are not necessarily busted in limited, which is probably a good thing if you're going to reduce the cost on Except a lot Grind of them. to Dust. Grind to Dust, dust is like an auto-win. Grind Wait, to Dust is super sweet, yeah. Driven for two mana, it, it essentially, over, like, they don't get plus three, plus three, but it's like an overrun for two mana, and it gives them curiosity as well, like, that's a lot for two mana, especially in limited. So I am kind of concerned. I'm with Richard. When you do reduce them so much, like some of those, <laughs> some of those spells are going to be too good, and then some of them probably won't be as good because. Yeah. I mean, we'll but, see. But they're rares. So, eh, whatever. Right. right. <laughs> I don't I, play limited I, anymore I, anyway, so whatever. <laughs> uh, I. I did want to take issue with Chaz saying Eternalize is overcosted. I actually think the Eternalize cards are are fairly fairly costed like i think that that's actually what these cards should probably cost so i don't know i mean i could be wrong but i don't feel too bad about having them be five six seven mana because they are pretty powerful and they are natural card advantage and if you make them too cheap people just mill them but you look at the deals a four four double strike for five isn't that ridiculous or a seven mana four four that also gives you a draw four discard two like there's they're pretty powerful at what they do i think yeah i just don't see how you utilize a lot of like yeah drawn out games aside without the aid of you know you have like a tune of the aether and making sure you get the land drops like in green i'll just throw it out there but 
I mean, when are you getting to like six, you know, six mana in a in a card that wants to utilize like Dream Stealer, or a deck that want to use, wants to utilize like Dream Stealer? I'm just not. Oh, there's that For card from Ixlon, which we can't talk about. I know. <laughs> but if you guys listen to Ixlon, you know what card we're talking about. Where we're like, what are you gonna I do with know, all this mana? I can't. Here we go. Like. <laughs> The one that, I, I mean, again, I'm probably biased, but the one I really like, though, is the Rebuilding Kenra, and that seems, like, fair. Because you get 6 for 4-4, four, four, it pumps. I mean, you have Verterous Gear Hulk at 5. So I don't think, like, asking for more, like, co- competitively costed Eternalized cards is out of the question. I think the front half, though, Dream Stealer is a bust. Like, I think that card is just bad, but every mechanic has bad cards. But the front halves on these cards aren't that overcosted. I think that's, like, how I look at them. Like, sure. a 2-1 haste that makes something not block is pretty fine on its own. The green thing that pumps is a 2-2 that pumps. That's pretty fine on its own. So the ability is just kind of random upside like you play these cards because the front half's pretty good and if the game goes really long and you're in this top deck battle they randomly just steal you a game by coming back as a 4-4 with some sweet abilities i yeah. still like I dream stealer for the record i still like it because i was like all right maybe like only some of them are six mana because i was looking at like Earthshaker kenra yeah they're all six. the card it's 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 very aggressive but it's like and then, like, yeah, the upside is, like, you get it later on if something, like, crazy happens and you flood out. But when they're all, like, six mana, I don't know. It's more for limited. If they were, like, four sure. or five mana, limited would be insane. <laughs> like, yeah, probably. You're probably right. Uh, but, oh, one last <sighs> card I want to throw in there. One last card. Ronus's Last Stand. Green, green sorcery. Create a 5-4 green snake creature token. Lands you control, don't untap during your next untap step. Two mana, five, four. Unplayable. It would really suck to have that uh, fatal pushed, because it would just <laughs> suck. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know. That's a lot of power for not that much mana. I was worried. And I it, thought it, Chaz was going to hate this card as well, and we just all hate this no, card. No, I don't hate it. I'm actually <laughs> glad that so far it looks like green got the best card of the cycle. But... Uh, you know what? It, it it would it would be better if we had like an Elvish Mystic, but we don't. Why so, would you need Elvish Mystic for this? Because then you can't you could play if something crazy happens to oh, your you five still four have mana? turn. You still have mana left over to play another one the next turn. I don't know. I, I think this card is pretty bad. Like two mana five four. If it gets fatal pushed, like you pretty yeah. much lost. Don't get the me game. wrong. I think the whole cycle is not that very good, but I I, I think this is. Probably up there with the least drawback of them all. I know some people will play this and it'll win them the game and they'll love this card. Yeah, because you know sometimes because your you opponent still... just has no interaction and you just have a five four now, right? Like, yeah, it just really sucks that there's not. I mean, the other thing is too that you you have Grim Flare, which on after one attack is going to end up being a, a four four, and you don't time walk yourself. So I think. It's competing with a lot of stuff in Standard 2, which makes it even a little bit worse. Like, even if there wasn't a drawback, say your land's untapped, you wouldn't play it over Winding Constrictor in the green-black decks. You probably wouldn't play it over Grimflayer in the green-black decks. Wait, so wait, even wait, if there wait, was wait, wait. No... Let's get reasonable here. <laughs> Two mana, yeah, five, four vanilla, you wouldn't just auto-jam in every deck? 
We call that Tarmogoyf. synergy. <laughs> and it's auto-jammed in every modern deck, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, Come on, that's, that's... That's too far. That's too far. Yeah, that's... What <laughs> you would play as <laughs> you bad a 5-4. My turn two, I get a 5-4. My turn two, I fatal push it. Well, no, that's okay. fine. That happens with every creature. That's like, but you play that's a Grim like Player, and I'm like, whatever. I'll play my 5-4 green snake yeah. and go to town, right? Yeah, then I, like, your turn two, you play green, a Grim Flare. Then my turn three, I play a Rishgar. I get a 6-5 snake and a 3-3. Three, three. Like, go. Like, it's just vanilla, though. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't Sometimes do vanilla Tarmogoyf, Seth. Are, yeah, they're big, is just they're, vanilla. They're big enough. <laughs> You know how hard uh, it works right, to get a five-power right. Tarmogoyf? <laughs> I think LSV loses on this one. That two-mana 5-4 vanilla, I think, might get there. Oh, did LSV say that's right, not well, playable? No, I don't know. But I, what was, like, the thing? Like, what, what does a creature... How big does a creature have to be? Like, a vanilla creature have to be at its cost? Like, a 10-10 or something like that? Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, but, I mean, we have Tarmogoyf. Th- and Tarmogoyf yeah. is very playable. So I would say a two-mana 5-4 would be very playable. Although it is green-green. It right. makes it a bit hard All right, standard. I- Ah, that's okay. I take it. I take it back. If there was no drawback, <laughs> it would. It would probably be playable. Yeah. I, I retract I my statement, it, but it's, it's the worst still on unpl- cycle. It's still unplayable. It's unplayable because it does have a drawback, and you can't yeah, untap your lands. If we had access to like an Elvish Mystic, then maybe you could get away with it. But as it is now, I, I don't see you playing it. Well, your, your Elvish Mystic will get fatal pushed on turn one. See, then the 5-4 is good. Clear go. the way for the Rodas, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, see, you always so bolt wait. the bird, and then you're good with the 5-4. Fi- the it, so. it was all a distraction. I, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta ask you guys, though. We have three of the Cycles members. We have blue and red left. So put in your predictions now for the blue and red Red is some awful like char something, which actually no. Might not I think that would be playable. It has to be unplayable. no. That actually, yeah, maybe that actually. I hope it's char. Actually, it's like a one man um, threaten where you can't untap. No, if it's a threaten, I'm like flipping my keyboard. I'm literally gonna take my 34 inch monitor and just throw it right out the window. If it was a five mana get... burn spell where you did untap, I no, think that'd be super please playable. Please don't give me that. Oh. Five for three, yeah. Oh, that would definitely. I, would th- I think it would do. And then it untaps. Yeah, then maybe. But if it's tapped, it's like. Uh... But what about oh. is blue just going to be draw cards? Like draw. Blue, blue is some like. No, I think effect. blue will be like some cyclonic rift type thing. Like return stuff to what? owners' hands. Oh, like a like an evacuation. Evacuate. All right. I hope I hope it's an extra turn spell because we have what? What's the <laughs> take old an extra one? turn? Nothing untaps. <laughs> Yeah, you have. There's an old one from like Morning Tide that's three mana. Yeah, take uh, save the moment. turn. Yes, you skip your untap step. So I think a functional reprint of that would be interesting. Mm. That'd be actually that's, yeah, that'd that be really be, good though. That, yeah, that would be because you in don't this, need to tap your land. You just take an extra turn, right? <laughs> so it's like draw a card and then get another turn. Yeah, and you have like Planeswalkers and Standard. That might actually. I'm gonna be say evacuate still. Save the moment. Yeah, How about mill <laughs> mill twenty? Oh, that would be untap. horrible. Oh, man. It would have to mill, like, 20. That'd be pretty good. You just play four of them and kill them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's let's answer some fish mail. That was, uh, yeah, overall uh, talking about our devastation. We'll be the the next week. We'll probably, the the last week, we'll talk about our, because at that point, we'll have the full set. So we'll kind of give our thoughts about the full set. So, fish mail. All right. If you have your questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. From Bruno 
Alzuglier, what Gatewatch member would you kill first? All. <laughs> mm, Jace, all I the, think. All at the same time. Uh, yeah, probably Gideon or Jace. They're I, I, I'm fine with the Gatewatch. Now that I know they're not going to be in every set, they can live. I'll, I'll, I'll show them mercy. <laughs> no, they still must die. <laughs> I think like they have to rotate them out. Like they have to like just die and get someone else, like some other characters in there. It's it's enough. They've been around. Jace has been around forever. Gideon is feel feels like it's been around forever now. I mean, like first saw seen in Rise of Eldrazi, right? They're the first one. They're Gideon not going to kill the main ones, or they'll give them an Elspeth <sighs> death. It, it's it's got to be like Samit or something. You know, like one of these new ones or. <laughs> You know, these, like, fringe walkers, like, you don't remember. Like, kind of like Venser. Like, he wasn't yeah, really a name. They can keep Liliana. Yeah, they can't kill Lily. They can't. They kill Lily, I quit. I quit magic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question. From Chris Navis. What was more detrimental to Standard? Lack of competent a- answers or adjusted rotation schedule? Mm, answers. Lack of yeah. answers, I think. Yeah. Probably right. a little bit of both, but definitely leaning towards answers. By the way, now that you've seen Hour of Devastation, would you feel comfortable with Marvel in the format? We have so many hate no. cards. Still, though? Yes. No. Yes, I would. I'd be fine. You have a braid. You have solemnity. You have, like, you have a lot of different things now. The problem is yeah. you still are going to get that one flip, and that's... We had cards that stopped but you Seth, after one I'm, flip before, how, and it wasn't enough. How much enough. do you have to be? You have a two-mana, rem- like, dual burn, remove... A artifact card. Wait, how many more answers do you need in the format if they can't actually answer the card? I mean, the problem is they just made that card wrong. Like, it should have entered tapped or something. Like, yeah. okay. I don't think the fact that you get the one free spin, even if it gets answered, I think that's what makes it so miserable. But you're, if you're still just going to randomly get Ulamog yeah, some but percentage if of the you're time. on the play, you get Solemnity, whatever, whatever, uh, energy they have at that point they can't get any more so if they can't well the problem meet, is you had to play slimity main deck <laughs> otherwise you already yeah. lost game one right like that's the problem yeah but that's like if you didn't main deck something like stony silence and affinity you lose game one i yeah, mean but, but that's the whole point cards... of affinity do you want do you want okay so it'll like be that? like a marvel you lose game one and then you go like two three. yeah do you want I mean, marvel like to be other... the dredge slash affinity of standard and sure. I don't know if I want it's that. Also, it's also just slow. Like, Solemnity, yeah, if you're on the play, maybe you stop them from getting a spin, but on the draw, they're spinning Marvel when you're casting Solemnity. So I don't know. I don't think it I was guess. just... I mean, I'm just saying, you, you, ha- you still have a lot of act, like a lot of hate cards in a lot of different colors now. So I don't, I don't know. Eh. All right. Eh. Well, it doesn't matter. Marvel's right. not here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question from Oyster450. Not that wizards would unban Emrakul, but how would you feel if they did, now that there's some graveyard hate? Hmm. I still say no. I, I would feel fine with it from a gameplay perspective, but I would feel horrible because of the precedent it sets. Like, we already have so much uncertainty with bannings, and people are losing confidence. And selling, like, you don't want to worry about wizards banning and then randomly unbanning cards as well as them just randomly banning them. So I think from a meta perspective, it would really bother me. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think, think they it's take still the probably risk. too strong. Unknown, but it's too risky, so I don't think they'll do it. Uh, next question from underscore JDHD. So what intro deck planeswalker does Seth think is standard playable this time around? 
Uh, probably Nicole Bolas, the deceiver, I think, is the better of the two. You, I'm with you. You think it can I, be played as standard, though? Uh, I mean, I can play it in standard. Will I win with it? Probably not. I will not. give you this one, Seth. I'm actually, I'm actually really liking Nissa Genesis Mage. And that's like, I actually think that's not bad at all. Really? Yeah. I mean, essentially, you have gar- <laughs> Super Garand for its plus two. No, but with you have okay, you have the card that exerts for two mana. I think oh, but if it, it might be three mana, that that might suck. But you have you can untap all your mana dorks, so it's really kind of like five mana. And at yeah. five, that's like not bad. But but you <laughs> cast seven mana so that you can untap five mana. <laughs> like to do what? To cast a second Nissa <laughs> and Planeswalker rule yourself. <laughs> yeah, start start giving creatures plus five plus five. You get you just ramp out some more stuff, and then you you the minus ten is actually pretty good. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna five zero a standard league with Nicol Bolas as my Grixis control finisher. <laughs> I do finisher. I do like the Nicol Bolas. Thing I think too. It, it's doable. I think as a control finisher, you could play Nicol Bolas, and there will be I'm times where you go- draw and you're like, yes, this is the card I actually <laughs> wanted. Thank you. Destroy a creature, draw a card. Like, I think you actually want to draw it sometimes. Just not, you know, in the first eight turns. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm actually going out there. I think the Planeswalker Nicole Boas is actually better than the pack version. I'm going out. I'm doing it. I'm saying it. But but still, neither of them... Can play with dark intimations with four of them in your graveyard. I think that is the worst travesty I've seen in terms of any story related card. You didn't even okay the pack version fine whatever it has four abilities I get it, but you don't even give us the 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 sub like poopy like planeswalker version like come on. So, so what's more playable, dark intimations or visage of bolus? Oh. <laughs> Visage of Bolas is the Planeswalker deck card just, that tutors for Nicol Bolas. I don't even want to these cards anymore. I'm over it. <laughs> uh, all right. <sighs> uh, next question from Sepik121. Since the last two sets had heavy influence from the real world, uh, Ixlan's Mayan, Amonkhet is Egyptian, what other cultures or ancient mythologies should be explored? I actually want to see less real world like, influence sets, more like pure fantasy sets I'll, I'll go super meta like everything's kind of drawn from the real world but i mean at this point we had chinese like kamigawa we had like mesoamerican we had uh what was it nordic like with theros and stuff like you might as well just start roping a lot of other stuff into it i mean i guess if i had to pick one maybe vikings because of beards mm-hmm. <laughs> nice <laughs> I'm I'm with you. We could bring dwarves back again. No, sort of. No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> what? what is your deal with dwarves? I just don't like the Kaladesh dwarves. Now Dominaria oh. better have some real yes. dwarves on it. Okay, if they're all the nice dwarven, and uh, building friendship or whatever. Like I don't want this. <laughs> Seth's favorite. The uh, what was it? The dwarven thaumaturge. The thaumaturges. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Really horrible card. Ah. All right, next question. Jordan K. Young, thoughts on poor quality in recent sets? Card stock is way thinner. Cards curl fresh out of pack, even non-foils. I haven't noticed it, but I have heard uh, a growing portion of the community has kind of confirmed this. I haven't personally Did you see the picture on Reddit where it was like, I forgot what it was. It was like four of the same common, and they look totally different. (laughs) 
Like yeah, it was just do, really yeah. vastly different quality. Yeah, I have noticed I like the the fading on a lot of them now. I I feel like this is what we talked about a couple weeks ago with uh, the the lack of printing quality being potentially or likely because Wizards switched printers and cut costs and that's leading to the problems because if you look back through the history of magic the quality was actually pretty good it used to be that misprints were so rare they're like valuable and desired and now they're so common you hear about them or see them all the time there's some variation so i don't know i feel like wizards needs to pick up the quality on printing in general based on this and the leak situation all right and then uh, next question from Coyote Victoria. Listening to the last couple episodes, it seems like you all do not know the definition of iconic masters. Uh, iconic are c- creatures represented of their colors: so white angel, blue sphinx, black demon, red dragon, green hydra. Maybe not, but still if a that bad is set, still though. the case. <laughs> I mean, ten dollars for a shivan dragon. I mean, if if you want to say it's iconic, that's fine. Maybe I don't, but. That would still seem like really awful. It would be fine for a supplemental product, but because they're sure. they're doing the marked up price, there aren't that many expensive cards for these creature types. So I'm still confused, and it's really bad marketing. <sighs> yeah. I mean, you have to explain the name of your product and like come up with reasonings. Like, oh, it's just not intuitive at all. Yeah, it, it does not sound that fun. Well, it's not fun. Uh, Playing your five mana five five dragon into <laughs> your five mana four four <laughs> angel and <laughs> that yeah, I can do that in the next course set release. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question, Lord Dojang. If Marvel hadn't been banned, do you think Planeswalker deck Volus would have seen standard play? So would you play it if you could Marvel it in? <laughs> you don't even need Marvel. It's that good. <laughs> uh, no. No. Why Why would you marvel into that when you have so many oh. other options? I do want to marvel into that new humility, though. That's hey, what, the card I would have What, been what if they banned into. Ulamog? Would you play... So Ulamog is banned. <laughs> Emrakul is banned. Marvel is not. Would you play Bolas the Deceiver so in your Marvel deck? So how we get to Nicole Bolas the Deceiver is ban all the actual good stuff. <laughs> Only one more then left. We get to Only one more Titan left. <laughs> Yes, then at that point, we would have to resort to Nicole Bolaster's Deceiver. Which I actually play, like, Desolation Twin or something. You know what? <laughs> if, 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 if we just banned all that stuff and Marvel had to resort to Nicole Bolas the Deceiver, Marvel could stay. <laughs> you would still <laughs> lose to it. You would be even saltier. You're like, what is this? <laughs> you might have, oh, how crazy would that be? I would love to see that on camera. Just the, I can't. I don't know what to do about it. The, the, the Planeswalker deck... Planeswalker on turn four, it's too much. You, you, you need to play your deck unsleeved <laughs> and use the deck box they give you with the Planeswalker oh, deck. Just to <laughs> no really sideboard, and you're just like, Nickel Bulls, the Deceiver? That's all our fish mail for this week. Thanks to everyone for sending them in. Remember, hashtag MDG Fish Mail at MTG Goldfish on Twitter. That's a great place to end. Uh, We will wrap it up for this week. Uh, We will see you all next time for more Hour of Devastation. Great questions. Great fish mail. Awesome gentlemen. This is going to be the MTG Goldfish Crew signing out. We will see you all next time.